consider yourself normal, then this is not the show for you. Please go somewhere else. This is WYRD. If it's getting weird, it's got to be the Weird Mountain Gals Show. At the start of the podcast, you earwormed me. Oh my god! Uh, <laughs> oh, that is it's a it's a weird song. I remember my mother, of course, hated any music I listened to when I was uh, a teenager that wasn't classical music. And she, but she heard that song and she went, "Well, now that would make a really good book. That's a really interesting story, Hotel California." Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. A book, yes. And yeah. well, of course, you know it was the song that the that that they rallied against in the Christian schools. Oh yes. Oh, man. I mean, that was yeah. and of course they would dissect it and tell you why. And of course, you know, stab it in the steely heart because you just can't kill the beast. They just that was it. <laughs> that was it. You mean they didn't focus on pink champagne on ice? No. <laughs> oh no. We are all just prisoners here That's of right. our own device. <laughs> yep. No, they they focus on the next batch of lines. Yeah, and, and they so were. I, I, I want to hear the country version of Hotel California, <laughs> and I want to be Hotel Hotel Carolina. Hotel Carolina. Well, no, it would be Motel. Hotel. Yep. Motel. Welcome Funny. to the Motel Carolina. Motel Carolina. <laughs> That's what your band ought to do. Motel Carolina. Oh. Welcome to Motel Carolina. I remember what my uncle. Sorry. No, I love that. See, you're earwormed yourself. But I know. I, I but you, know how, you know, I got the technique for getting rid of the earworm. You just got to sing a little bit of gospel music. And then it's like, <laughs> boop, all gone. <laughs> uh, Brenda, that we were talking about earlier, she used to she used to have us sing that Daddy Sang Bass. Oh, yeah, Lord. That, you remember that with Daddy Sang Bass? Yeah. She loved that song. And, That's and, one of those things. I always like to switch it around, like Mama Sang Bass, Daddy Sang Tenor. <laughs> um, and what's the other one? Um in summertime, um, your your mama's rich and your daddy's good looking. Oh, uh, yeah, that's <laughs> uh, that is also from that's from a musical. That's Gershwin, yeah. Mm-hmm, it sure is. That's a that's Or again, Beth. Yes, that was my mother's favorite song. Summertime, mm-hmm. we had it oh. sung at her funeral. That's a standard, a classic. It is. That was a funeral song. Wow. Well, we I had it. I had a, a friend of mine sang it at her memorial because it was her favorite song. Aww, that is so cool. I know I was a good daughter. You were a I good daughter. 
I think you I probably were. <laughs> no, not I was never up to her standards, I'm afraid. Well, um, you know, don't feel bad because I know exactly what that is like. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And I just, you know, for the most part, I generally don't care about stuff like that. Well, but, I have but to when say, it's your mother, you know, I, I cared passionately about that sort of thing for a long time. But my mother broke me of it because I could not I could not be the daughter she apparently needed and wanted. So I made a determination about five years before she died that I was going to be the kind of daughter I wanted to be. There you go. Like if I had a daughter, that's what she would be like. And so that's tend, how I behaved. I, I tend to think that 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 would make you like a much better mom because. Oh, you, oh my. Yeah, I, I broke that chain. I got to tell you, I broke that chain hard. Yeah, I, rem I, I can't actually relate to have not having any children, but I do remember being on a job one time and. For a number of years, I told myself that if I ever got her job, I would never be the boss that she was. And it's like I, I watched her doing all this stuff that was that was not good and hurtful to the employees and just stupid. And I just swore I would never do that. It's like, well, OK, that's one time that it kind of worked in my favor, so, you know, but I, I, I imagine I imagine you were the cool mom, too, though. I mean, I don't know. Oh, that, you know. I think I was I was not bad, but I was older than most of the moms, so <laughs> that made a little different. Uh, I that could have made it better, even. <laughs> well, it made it better for me, and there's no question I was a better mother for waiting as long as I did. Yeah. Than if I'd done it <coughs> years before. So yeah, no, I got no yeah. no regrets on that at all. Yeah. So see, you at didn't. All. The perfect family. It didn't exist for you, but it made you a better, a better mom. And it's like, I don't really think many people have a perfect family. Do you? No, I don't. And I think I have always been somebody who learned best from observing people who did something badly. Mm -hmm. Just like you were saying with that boss lady. Yeah. You know, I've, uh, I've learned a lot of things by watching somebody do something and just screw it up. Yeah. And then I would go. Well, okay, that's not the way I'm going to do it. I'm going to try it a different way. So right. I've learned from many people's bad examples. <laughs> and I hope people have learned from my bad examples as well. Yeah, and I'm sure I've been a lesson to a few people. <laughs> <laughs> do you remember that meme that went around a while back and it said, well, maybe maybe your purpose in life was to be a lesson to other people? I was like, oh, God, that's all about a, a mixed blessing, curse, fortune cookie or something, you know. Oh, my. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. That's crazy. But but you, that's it's a good way to kind of segue into the subject matter. You know, that that was good. I was about to say you have been hoeing a hard row lately, and I think you wanted to talk about that a little bit. Well, I, I do, and it's there's a picture that's coming together in a more full way in my brain about about these subjects that I tend to just kind of go Bleh! and just talk about wildly for a little while, and then you don't hear anything from me about it. But one subject that I feel strongly about is preparing yourself for end of life. 
And well, and, and I want to say to everybody before you get started, and I'm excited to hear what you're about to say, is that when we started the pre-show today, we're not, we're not recording that. We just have a little pre-Zoom Zoom. And when Alicia came on, she came on emotionally with her hair on fire. <laughs> it was uh, it was profound. And I knew something was up and I knew something was wrong and something was uh, plaguing her. So she told me a little bit about it. And now she's going to tell y'all a little bit about what she's come up, uh, come up with and come up to. So yeah. you do it, darling. I, well, so I, I, I go off about these things about getting ready for the end of life by getting a will and doing your Facebook stuff and taking care of your loose ends if you can. And I recently just had a friend who'd been a friend for a number of decades who died. And unfortunately, because of some of these preparation things that, that didn't get done or were done incorrectly, I'm one of her best friends. And I don't even know what she died of. And I wasn't allowed to see her at the end of her life. And part of the reason that I wasn't is because the spiteful sister that she never wanted to have involved with her end of life uh, was administering her estate and her end of life and ended up being her medical power of attorney. And this was all because, yeah. So this, this woman who really did not like this half sister of hers and often told me that she didn't want her involved uh, when, when it came her time, this woman was making decisions that were important to her and her life and her estate. And at one point, and I didn't, I didn't tell you this, Byron, because it didn't come into, it just wasn't something we were talking about at the time. But at, at one point, this half-sister had called me on the phone and she was kind of taunting me with uh, her sister's impending death. And I would say to her, please, can I go see her? You know, I, I promise I won't cause any trouble i would just like a a supervised visit just five minutes with her and the gal would just ignore me and she'd go on and talk about some other horrible thing and then she sent me a photograph of my friend on her deathbed and i know my friend wouldn't have wanted that photo out there and especially not in the cruel way that it was done and so now my friend is dead and i didn't see her and I'm not administering her estate and her sister who, as I said, she, we, I spoke to her once on the day that my friend died and she, she told me that hospice had been brought in and she said, and I quote, well, you know, they're just going to give her morphine and ease her out. And I told that nurse to just ease her on out. Let's just get this done. Oh my gosh. I, I, I don't even know what to say about that. I mean, I'm thankful that, I I really believe with all my heart that hospice and the employees are completely ethical. <laughs> okay. Oh, me too. I'm confident about that. But this woman, can you imagine? I just no. I, I mean, I yeah, no. I can. I absolutely can imagine it. Yeah. Because I do a lot of of that kind of dead death midwifery stuff, and man, families can be. Awful. Awful. They can be the worst. 
they can be the worst. And it, it, it's, you know, that sentence right there, just that whole, I told her, just let's just get this done. You know, I just, I don't even know what to say about it. But I will tell you this. If you're in your 40s, my friend was 75 when she died. But I would say if, if you're old enough to have a damn job, then then consider getting your end of life stuff together because you just don't know. I mean, we had no way of knowing that my friend was going to have dementia at some point. I may have dementia at some point. I may have it now for all we know. I might <laughs> be in the first stages of it. Well, and that's the reason that this gal's half-sister was involved in the first place because my friend was diagnosed with dementia and then changed her will to be the way that she wanted it. She got diagnosed first, though. And when the time came and her life was getting much shorter, the sister stepped in and had a judge step in as well. And they took over custody of her. And her will that she had done in good faith was useless. The judge said, sorry, you were diagnosed at this date. And this new will was after that date. So the only legal will is this first one that you had. So that's how all that happened, you see. And it's it's it, the whole situation is sad. There's lots of sad things about it. And that's the other thing. You need to know that just like in life, you're responsible for yourself. You really need to think about the impact you're going to have on people after you go. Are you going to cause them to have to spend two years of their life cleaning up after you and trying to get their the paperwork cleaned up too? Because that is an issue. Sometimes you look around and you go, gosh, I sure have a lot of stuff I don't need anymore. And, <laughs> True. And, yeah. And what do you do with it? Do you say, well, I'm just going to leave it for the kids or or not? Do you go through a little bit of it? It's up to you what you end up doing. But think about the impact that it'll have on somebody when you're gone. Well, so, two two elder friends of mine um, were that they had downsized from a house to a condo, and and they there was not a sense that they were immediately going to. I mean, neither one of them was sick or infirm particularly. But I remember being over at their house one, I think it was probably one Christmas, and they invited me to come back yeah. in January because they wanted to talk to me about something. And they and they, their house was, they, were, they both came from fairly well-to-do families, and they had downsized a lot of things, but they still had some beautiful antiques and whatever all around the house. And, and they said to me, what we are doing is asking the people that we want to have something to remember us by to take one of these little post-it notes and write your name on it and just stick it on the bottom of whatever thing you'd like to have. Wow. And we're not, we're not going to guarantee that you'll get it all, but that's going to be our wishes. Wow. And that way you get a thing that you want that you will remember and you're going to remember today. And we had lunch and had drinks. It was just, it was incredibly civilized. And oh, nice. so I'm I marked three things that 
or this beautiful flow blue wear that I'm very fond of. Mm-hmm. And, um, and they kept saying, well, what about this thing over here? Wouldn't you like one? How about this? And I said, no, <laughs> I think these things are going to remind me exactly of you too. And, and of course he gave me, and she did too. Um, he gave me some really books that were really precious to him. Oh. Um, so that just felt like such a good way to do it is you bring people in that, that you love and that you want them to have something to remember you by. Mm-hmm. And you just let them pick. And if there's something that's kind of off limits, like, oh, yeah, Barbara Jean always wanted that thing. So not that. Mm-hmm. Then let people know. But then if there's that, like there was one piece of that flow glue wear. And I, I'm not an expert, but I think it was pretty old. It was like late uh, 1800s, early ni- late 1700s, early 1800s. Yeah. And it was old and chipped and it wasn't perfect. And but that's the thing I wanted. Oh. And and she said, oh, no, get this. No, put your name on this one over here, too, because look, it's all all the edges are good and all that. And it was like, <laughs> no, I think this is the thing. So, yeah, I think you that's know, a beautiful thing. That way I, I have the memory, the memory of the giving of that before they died and how precious that was. That's what I was going to say. That sounds like something that is just beautiful thing to do I, I remember my grandma would do that a little bit she'd say now if something ever happens to me she would never say when I die she'd say well if something ever happens to me I want you to have this or do you want this you know if something ever happens to me <laughs> and you know what I don't know if you ever knew this or not but th- the pretty uh, milk glass lamps that I brought over to the cottage when I was staying there. Yes. Uh huh. My friend had given those to me for uh, helping. Yeah. And and so yeah. So I've got at least I have something to remember her by, and not that I need a thing. The thing that I want is not something that I'll get, which would be for her to still be around. Yes. Exactly. But, uh, and and I wanted to also say. I don't think there's any perfect situation. People no. get embarrassed when they're telling you, you know, if they want to talk about their family situations sometimes. And, uh, you know, I don't think there is any perfect situation. So don't be embarrassed if you feel like you need to talk about it. And because uh, people don't expect perfection. They really don't. And then one other thing, and we can go on to better subject if you want. I wanted to say this gal my friend had a caretaker, somebody who was not formally employed by her, but someone who came in in the name of, I don't know, friendship or whatever, and took care of some housework. And and this fellow would cook for her and bring her food and take her to the grocery store and stuff like that. And she adored him. She adored him. And she left everything to him in the will that was no that was not validated by the judge, the will that was done mm. away with. So, uh-huh. so that part is sad, but, you know, there's not a perfect situation because my dilemma in all of it has been, was he taking advantage of her? And then finding that that had been, you know, probably a pattern of behavior for this man with other people as well, it makes you really wonder, well, is this what this guy does? Does he go around and make friends with 
lonely widows and and bring them a sandwich every now and then and and it's inherit all their stuff and then but my other question is well if they're really satisfied with him and they love him for doing it is it abusive is it fraudulent and yeah, i yeah. have not i have not come to a good answer about that yet yeah it's, a, it's, re it's really interesting it, has he disappeared when he when she went into the nursing home did he continue to visit or did he just disappear well a lot of this uh, i don't know exactly the t the timeline on because she had begun to get where she wouldn't answer the phone all the time but i would if if i didn't talk to her within two phone calls i would text him and he would let me know what was going on with her okay um so at thanksgiving i tried to take her her plate i had been taking her a plate of food for 15 years at least on thanksgiving and um when I tried to take her the plate, her place was obviously empty. I started trying to contact him then, and he didn't answer me back. And it wasn't until uh, I said I was going to go to the authorities that he texted me back and told me that her sister had come to get her and that she had taken her. And I think what he said in the text message is, she's with her sister. And I said, okay. And asked for the phone number, didn't get it asked for the name, didn't get it, started doing my own research. And eventually after, after I won't bore y'all with all the details, but I eventually found the sister, got in contact with the sister, and then started getting all kinds of strange stories from the sister about, about this gal not being well taken care of. But uh -huh. Because it's well, now, and, Let me ask you this. Um, did you check to see whose name her property is in? Yes, and it's in her name still. Okay, so she hadn't deeded it over to him or anything. No, she had. Oh, that's good. She had, she had drawn up a will um, and left everything to him, made him the executor of her estate and all this stuff. But the sister was the last person that was on the legal, the last legal will, according to the judge. Uh huh. So the yeah. sister, the sister told me a lot of, you know, details and things about her level of care and and so on that I hadn't actually asked for, but they were pretty awful to hear. And yeah. but I honestly don't know who to believe or what to believe with it. Because, you know, my friend really disliked her sister, her half sister, and always said that if she that she didn't want her half sister to have anything to do with her estate because she would be unethical about it. And then all of a sudden this half sister shows up and says, well, the caretaker that she adored is not doing a good job taking care of her. So I had her turned over to the state and, mm -hmm. and then use that as the reason to not allow me or anyone to know where she was at or to get any kind of uh, communication to her. And indeed, I didn't hear anything, you know, until it was almost until she had almost died. And then I got, you know, she told me she didn't have long to go. And then she told me she was gone. And I, something doesn't sit right with me about either one of those people. You see? But you're unlikely to ever know the real truth 
Not from anybody. Not from any living, physically living human. Right. right. But, you know, I believe with, I, I know because I've experienced it. I'm 100% sure about what I'm saying. And that is after people have passed out of this physical realm, they can still sometimes communicate. Oh, no question. I told you my story with my friend Norma who died. And that yeah, was another but, one of those things. But review that for us again. Okay. If you don't mind. She was an older woman and she was my my best friend in, in the hotel business. And she worked around me. She was a night auditor. Worked her ass off. She she worked harder than any of those young folks, but and didn't complain about it either. But anyway, she she and I were good friends, and she had a specific set of instructions that she wanted carried out as well. And she had a sister in Miami, and the sister she said had a lot of money and didn't need any of her estate, and uh, she used to keep her will in a bowl, in a bookcase. And every time I come over to her house, she'd point at it and she'd say. All right, now, if anything ever happens to me, you need to come in right then and grab that. Because huh. if my sister gets wind of it, she'll grab it and we'll never see it again. And I knew it was her, it was her will. Okay. And um, so, long story short, she died unexpectedly of a heart attack. They contacted her sister. They didn't contact me. You see? <laughs> I don't know if they didn't know to or what. If she had not given instructions that you were to be contacted? I, I don't know. I don't know. Well, I mean, I'm sure in her will she did. Well, but, she, uh, she should have given you, and I'm not going to shut on her because she's deceased. Yeah. She should have given you a copy of the will. I Yeah, and now I know that, you know. <laughs> I, I, I didn't so back then. Another thing to away for all of us. Mm-hmm. Yeah, very good advice. And so she uh, she passed away. The con hospital contacted her sister. And um, by the time I heard about it, her sister came in, changed the locks, and sure enough, had her in ended up with her whole estate. Okay. Now, Alicia walked around for a number of years feeling terrible. I felt horrible that I hadn't somehow figured out how to mitigate that. And I actually, I, I was really innocent about a lot of things, including that situation, what happens when you die. And I didn't, I just, I thought that, well, maybe I should go to an attorney. Should I go to an attorney? Because her, her wishes were not what was carried out. And now that I'm older, I understand what happened, and I know that I couldn't have done anything unless I had had a copy of the will or been contacted about it. I didn't know when she passed away until, you know, a day and a half later, and it was already, sister had already flown up here. So, Well, and, and let's stop and, and analyze that, and how would it have been, how would it have been different and better if she'd given you a copy of the will, yes. Maybe yeah. if she had taken you with her to her attorney's office and said, this is my friend Alicia, you know, she's in my will. And yeah. and as soon as you know something, 
Yeah. She needs to know. Yeah. Something like that might Something be like helpful. That. Yeah. Well, um, it, another it, thing is, and we did this with um, with beloved Crone Antigua, mm-hmm. is I went with her to her doctor, and I was one of the people who was supposed to be um, contacted immediately upon her death. Mm-hmm. And and he knew me, and I knew him, and he had my phone number and all of that. So. And that's it's just yeah. these are just cautionary tales that you are telling us well, to remind are. us that you got to really cross the T's and dot the I's yeah, if you yeah. want it done the way you want it done. I agree. But and if you don't care, it doesn't matter. But if you do care. Mm-hmm. See, I've got some musicians, friends, and they tell me that when they go, whoever gets there first can get their stuff. Just grab what you want off the wall. That's cool. But, you know, it's actually not so good for their family. But in this case, with my friend Norma, the situation, the situation was what it was. And like I said, I felt terrible. It was a horrible, it was like a dark cloud over me for years because I I loved Norma and, and I would have done what she wanted me to do. I took that really seriously, but I was ignorant about the finer points of the law. And I didn't know, you know, but um, so, so they, there came a day, this was long after I had left the hotel business and I was uh, running action digital, my comp, my web company. And I had to go get an, I had had an exam, a female exam to go to. And I'd gotten into the, the phone book and I picked the one that was closest to my house to go get this exam. And I went up there to get the exam and, and the nurse, one of the nurses came out and took a look at me and just got the strangest look on her face. And then she, she, she said something and she asked if she could see me or something. And anyway, come to find out it was a lady who lived and shared a property line with my old friend, Norma. And Norma had told her many times and had told her, as a matter of fact, Right before she went into surgery, she had reminded her of my role in her estate. Well, then when Norma died, that woman didn't know how to find me. Oh. Uh-huh, uh-huh. But anyway, the thing that that redeemed me emotionally, because I had been under this black cloud, you remember, uh, dark cloud about it. And that's the truth. I was incredibly sad for a number of years. The thing that redeemed it was the morning before I went to this appointment, when I woke up that morning, I'd had a dream and it was my one and only dream that had Norma in it that I've ever had in all these years. And Norma, I was in her house and she was looking at me and I knew she was gone. I knew she was dead. She didn't say anything, but she pointed to the table in the kitchen there. And I walked over to the table and there was a letter on the table and I picked it up and she nodded at me and I read it and it said, forgive my sister. She is full of guilt. Hmm. And that is the only dream that I've ever had with Norma in it. Now, this lady I'm going to finish the story because when I was at the doctor's office and the lady was talking to me about all of this, she started crying. And then she went out to her car and she came back with an eight track cassette. And that eight track cassette 
had a recording of my friend reading her will out loud and saying the date out loud and all of that stuff. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, every bit of it. And so, you know, what I wanted to do was take it and go to an attorney and say the estate was wrongly awarded to this sister, to her sister. But I didn't because I had a dream. And Norma told me that morning, forgive my sister. She's full of guilt. Now, huh. that was a direct communication from my friends about the situation that was getting ready to happen, that I had no way of knowing that mm -hmm. I was going to run into this woman. Oh and I, I, I loved Norma, but honestly, I probably wasn't thinking about her the night before I, when I went to bed. So to have a dream like that out of the clear blue, you can't tell me that was a coincidence because it wasn't. No, of course it wasn't. I'd be interested in knowing how many people who respond to our podcast have had similar things happen to them. I'll bet you quite a few of them. They, oh, yeah. Y'all let us know. I'd love to hear your stories. I really would love to hear your stories. Well, and, so. and I would like to say that we love you, Alicia, and you are obviously in some pain about the about the recent death of your friend but also about this older death so uh, on on behalf of the weird mountain gals and and i mean the weirdlings and all the people that listen you I, we got you we're here thank for you. you thank you thank you i mean it's it's hard but it's better knowing that you've tried to do the right thing yes i agree even when it's like there there came a point with Norma's situation where I realized that it was useless, that there was nothing I could do that was going to get Norma's estate back so that I could donate half of it to her church and half of it to this animal charity, you see? And strangely enough, with Brenda, uh, when I was on her will, she wanted me to divide her estate up to a couple of animal charities, too, and then one other clinic. So, hmm. yeah. but yeah, so that's why every now and then y'all will hear me go off on the subject about get your stuff straightened up before you die. These, these are the reasons why. These are, that's why. So. And y'all, there are so many resources online about all the documentation you need to do, all the people you need to inform. Um, and I'm sure that Alicia will find those and tack them onto this when this comes out on Sunday. <laughs> but take take a little time now. It's still too cold and wet to get outside and garden. So put down your seed catalogs for five minutes and take a look at what you need to do to prepare your family and your and I'm gonna say your the people around you that you love mm -hmm. who are whether they're your blood family or your intentional family. Yeah. And and don't leave them trying to figure it out. Yep. Just just give them give them give them a sign and yeah. write it down. <laughs> write it down. Yeah. Writing it down is the best thing you can do. Recording it some way is also good. 
I, I don't know. I was thinking about it the other day. I thought, well, what if I have to go get a, a test for dementia? What am I going to do? And, and the answer is I'm going to make sure my shit is together before yeah. I go get the test. And that you've got people around you that love you and that you can trust who will make sure that yeah. even if your brain is not functioning at its highest level, mm-hmm. have your so, best interest at heart. So, so, you know, we do live with the specter of death around us probably closer than a lot of folks do. And I don't begrudge it. I feel like it prepares me for my eventual death. But, but every now and then we can get a little morose. So this, uh, this Zoom meeting is getting ready to end here, this recording. We'll record another portion of the show here and it might be about death, but it'll be in a better mood. How about that? <laughs> All right. Here we go. All right. I'll see you in a bit. I'll see you in a minute. <laughs> that voice, since we're on the subject, this must be a death episode. I asked my, my friend told me that I should play a rerun uh, this weekend, that we should do a rerun and do the uh, the death episode. I was well i guess that's what we're doing a rerun of death (laughs) well but we we are at a funny place right now um me maybe more than you but i don't know in that now people are dying and and i'll go well but i mean that person was just 10 years older than me (laughs) or that that person was my age Mm -hmm. or and I guess that's just what you get when you're, you know, I'm 66, almost 67. Mm-hmm. And I, and there'll be people that'll die and I'll go, well, I didn't realize that person was that young and they'll be 75. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, I'm going Friday, I'm going to a service for uh, our old neighbor who was in, in our class as well. And he had a massive stroke unexpectedly and died. And it's like, I was thinking, Last week, I was thinking about my old, you know, group of people that I used to run around with. And it's like, oh, my God, I never wanted to be the last one standing. I never wanted yeah. to, I never thought about that. And I think I'm too young for it. But it, it just goes to show you that they live some hard lives, I guess. <laughs> you know. And well, so- I mean, I I grew up in a in the country at a, in a rural high school. And yeah. There, I was, there were people that died while I was in school, and then there were I don't, I don't want to say a lot of people, and I can't call how many there were, but people that died right out of high school. You know, they were 19, 20 years old. Yeah. And often yeah. it was death by misadventure, let me be clear. I was going to say fast living gets you in your yeah. 20s. Yeah. yeah. I, I used to think I was bulletproof. I could not die. <laughs> uh, evidently, that's what I thought, honestly, because... I would, would do all the stupid stuff as a young person, you know, and now well, I'm think, like, how did I survive? I think, a lot, I think a lot of us were that way. Hell, <laughs> I, half the time I think I'm bulletproof now, and boy, <laughs> my body will tell me right up front, what you just do? What the <laughs> hell did you just do? What did you just do? And it's <laughs> like, well, well, my will, what did, what did they say? The spirit was willing, but the flesh just couldn't come to terms with what I just did. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, you know, I'll I'll pick up something really heavy and think, well, I can carry this from yonder to yonder, and and I get like three steps and go, huh, 
I, I can't carry 60 pounds no more. What's wrong with me? <laughs> well, I'm old. <laughs> That's what's wrong. I'm, or I'm at least getting old and plenty of people in the world never get to this place. So I'm, I'm terribly grateful. Yeah, me too. Uh, even, even if I am, you know, I get bum fuzzled about things. Why can't I do that? Because, <laughs> because your body can't do it no more. Oh, okay. Well, I, I got to tell you though, if that's the way that it is, and and I know it is, we are all all lucky if we get to get older. Uh, we have to be like the coolest generation, though. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> we listen to the best music. We so did. when you come back, when you die, and 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 you decide you're coming back, are you going to have like a theme song? <laughs> oh. Sweet mother, sweet mother of all the gods. I hope I don't have to come back. Well, you know you're going to want to say hello to some folks every now and then. Oh, you mean come back as a ghost? Yeah, I, yeah, I mind, yeah. I don't mind haunting people, but I don't want to go through that whole God zero to thirty. No, ma'am. <laughs> that was that was some hard work, and zero I, I made it through. Hard work, though. But now I won't go. I want to go back if it doesn't bother you. I want to go back and talk about this feller that may or may not have taken advantage of your friend and other people. Okay. And I want to say I've got a friend right now, somebody I ran with in high school, and she had a stroke, oh, gosh, three years ago, I guess now, and was, you know, she was in the hospital, she was laid up, then she was in rehab for a while, then she finally came home, and she's got a wheelchair and a and a, a walker and all that stuff she's just not she's not 100 percent. and not only did it affect her physically there has been some mental effect for that too yeah and she is i mean when you were describing your friend it just made me think of her she is i believe twice divorced and lives alone and is alone and she has she has a handful of friends, but not too many, and they're not real close. And she, her, her family, she and her family are not as close as they could be. I don't even know how to say that in a polite way. It's just but, the normal way families are anymore. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, her mama died end of last year, and um, me and another friend that used to that whole gang used to run together. We showed up for the visitation and um, and talked to her, and she's just, she is not all there. Mm. Our friend is not all there. And she needs someone to guide her in some of the stuff that she gets into. Like she had a feller, and this was before her mama died, this feller who, oh, he thought she she was so pretty and he and met she met him on Facebook and he was and he was obviously a damn scam artist. Yeah, I was gonna say red flags, red flags. Yeah. And so um I I got into she said, Well, my niece feels the same way and I think you're just both wrong. So I did the kind of sleuthing that we all do on Facebook and I found her niece's name and I sent her a I sent her a Facebook message and I said, Look. I'm a friend of your aunt, and uh, and we have got to stop her before she makes a huge mistake. 
So she and I talked about it, and you could tell there was a level of frustration from the family because they had told her, this guy is scamming you. Don't talk to him. And she just wouldn't, she wouldn't do it. She wouldn't stop. She said, well, I mean, even if he's not real, I really love talking to him. Oh, and he's just, he's funny, and I really like him. And and then it started to be the, well, he's coming, he works, you know, on an oil rig in Europe, and he can't get home, and his boss is mean, and it's all this stuff. And and I I love her, and I try my best to just say, this is not real in any sense. Mm. And he is not going to come and sweep you off your feet, and he's not going to ply you with riches or any of that. But she, she's stubborn, and she she wants to believe, even though we have pointed out to her, well, here's that same picture of that man you say is your boyfriend, and here he is, and he's a you know submarine captain in France or whatever. But she yeah. just doesn't believe it. She she wants to believe so hard. Yes, and, and it, it's just it breaks my heart because, on the one hand, it's like you were saying about your friends friend on the one hand it's obvious he's a scam artist and on the other hand she ain't got nothing to scam right so does it hurt her to believe that does it hurt her to have moments of comfort and warmth from somebody does it he can't get nothing out of her that's that's you know i kind of feel like she my friend lived uh, every aging person's nightmare in that she became unwell and unable to take care of herself and she was preyed on. In this case, I feel like maybe by two people, not just one, one yeah. family member and one person. But, but yeah, that question that you ask is so valid. It's like, is, is it wrong? <laughs> Probably yes, if you're taking advantage of somebody and you know that. And I keep coming down to just a couple of little things that he did towards the end there that makes me feel like, well, you know what? Innocent people don't act like that. Yes. But but up until the very end, she would tell you that he was the greatest thing ever. And she... Mm-hmm. she all, she point blank would tell me that she's leaving everything to him and that he had earned it and she, that's what she wanted and you know and she'd say that without any prompting and so I mean I'm so torn about it I wish that I had had more of a clue of what might be getting ready to happen I just didn't know and and so you know I'm gonna be mad a little bit at myself for that too and but i don't know that it would have helped honestly alicia if you had sat down with her at her house and gone over some of the things that he had done and Mm -hmm. and what you suspected she probably would have said something like well he has been a treasure for me and he has done for me and he has taken care of me when nobody else did right and and there's value in that too no wow. matter what his intentions were. Yeah. So so it puts you in this place of it's an uncomfortable place to be because there's not a black and white here. There's not a right, completely right or completely wrong. 
that's 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 shadow work right there, isn't it? <laughs> Boy, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. And and we are at that we are in those ages when I think there's gonna be more and more of that. Yeah. Uh, well, that sure did look like a con job, but she sure did die with a smile on her face. So mm-hmm. was that worth it? Was yeah. it worth it? And I think if we're talking about somebody who is going to leave their children uh, with nothing and the children are dependent on that or, you know, something like that, that's that's a whole different thing. But if it's a right. person who is alone with no children and no spouse and not a lot of family left around them um, and they, and they lose whatever they were going to leave. Well, they were going to leave it to the animal shelter and to the, whatever your friend was going to leave it to. Right. Yeah. Right. I don't know. It's, it's a really tough ethical question. I think it's, it is. And, you know, people show their asses at times like that. And in a way yeah. you really get to know somebody's true personality of, I remember, and and when I say every family goes through it, mine has gone through it too. And I remember times when something had happened that, and that was just you know jaw dropping. It's like somebody died, and before their kids could get there, somebody else had gone in and gone through their home. Yeah. Or you know somebody yeah. had died, and and when the other child got there, they found the family Bible in the trash can. You know, stuff like that. Yes, yes. That's hard. And that's that's one of those reasons that many reasons that you should do it the way that you were talking about. You know, I don't know. That's probably not legal to do that. So you need to know what your legal stuff is when it comes to your things that are hanging on the wall and contents of your home. But But I've heard I've heard too many stories and I can think of two people immediately. So I know there's more than that. Yeah. Who, yes, their beloved parent, the last parent standing dies. Mm-hmm. And by the time they get to the house, because they either live farther away or, you know, or their life is more complicated. I don't know. They get there and anything of value has been taken without consultation at all. It's mm-hmm. not like they called up the other sibling and said, okay, we're at mama's now and uh, Bob's going to take this, 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 and I'm going to take this, 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 and Missy's going to take this, this, this. They just went in and stripped the damn house of anything of of uh, extrinsic value. Right. Now, in both of these cases, the people got the things that meant the most to them, mm-hmm. and that's the important thing. Um, I think of one woman who... Um, she got there and it was like vultures had picked over the bones of grandma's house. Wow. But the one thing that was left was um, the old spice rack. Hmm. And it was one of those old fashioned spice racks. And that meant more to her than anything else would have because her grandmother taught her to cook. Oh. Yeah. And then she found, I think, a couple of recipes in the drawer in her grandmother's handwriting. Oh, so wow. that was a very precious thing. But it doesn't take away from the fact that the rest of the family had just pillaged the place like yeah. a bunch of heathens. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, well, I hope that it never happens to anybody that that is listening to this podcast. How about that? I, I, I wish it would just stop right now. But 
we know it won't. So well, instead, that's, that's that's you wishing for humans not to be humans. Yeah, I know. I know. I'm I'm kind of unrealistic there. <laughs> well, but I think we came up with some things in that first segment mm-hmm. that will help. You know, yeah. if you if you know how you want that stuff dispersed, write mm-hmm. it down. Write it yeah. down and tell the people you're giving it to, I'm writing it down. Mm-hmm. And tell the people you ain't giving it to that you're writing it down. Tell yep. everybody you're writing it down. Yep, tell them all. And and everybody now has got a phone that'll take video. When yep. you're, when the thing about video recording is, uh, well, I'm no expert, so I don't know what the laws in somebody's state or country are. But I will tell you that when it comes to proving things, like foragers, mushroom hunters who are out there trying to get the first morale of the season or something. When when we want to prove something, we have to have it recorded with that day's newspaper with the date showing. Mm-hmm. Or the other thing would be that I've noticed them doing in the foraging groups is uh, they'll take like a receipt from a Hardee's or something, some drive-through they stopped at, and it'll have the date on it. Huh. You see, and they'll put that down. But the newspaper is the thing that is, uh, has been more traditional. If you are recording yourself, make sure and have the newspaper there. Say the date. Say your name. Tell them, you know, do, do the things that you think you should. Learn about it first. But do something. You don't have to. It doesn't have to be fancy. Just no, and, and if you can afford to go to an attorney to get that paperwork done, I, you know, I don't think it's terribly expensive for most in most cases. Probably not. Um, you might. It, oh, and you know what? You might also might be helpful is to have it whatever you write down to have it notarized. Yeah, and most people can get a free notary uh, from yeah. their bank if yeah, you go to the absolutely. bank with it. They'll notarize it, and I think. You have to have two witnesses in North Carolina for your will, I think. Is I think it. so. I think but I'm but sure. y'all, we will find the links for all that and put it in. Yeah, yeah. But and really, if I'm not mistaken, I'm pretty sure that I saw a place one time that had like w- last will and testament and uh, power of attorney, medical power of attorney, and 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 some other paperwork that that were templates that you could download for free. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and, they're out there. And there's plenty of them that you can purchase. Okay, so you, and don't, you don't have to spend a whole huge amount. Mm-mm. There's plenty of stuff out there. I know even Staples. You can go to Staples and walk out of there with a kit that will include the documentation that you need. Yeah, so, and, and go ahead and do it because if you really care that yeah. you want your granddaughter to get that spice rack, then, then, let let your will be known. Yeah, and I'm still earwormed by Hotel California. Uh, I've been you hearing mean, it. I believe you mean Motel Carolina. Motel Carolina. <laughs> Welcome to the Motel Carolina. Anyway, um, so yeah, yes, and then the other thing you need to do is you need to plan your service. Yeah, and you should plan it. You, I, I love it when people start uh, doing the things like they uh, they wanted to have one of those 
uh, they wouldn't have a crank on the coffin that it got cranked at some point in the service and it played the Jack in the box thing. Like, I thought that would be hilarious. That would be hilarious. That would be really hilarious. Yeah. yeah. You know, I I plan funerals and do funerals a few times a year. (laughs) And, um, and it is a lovely chance for people to, Remember somebody that they love. And yes, if you belong to a particular religious tradition, you may want it just exactly the way the Baptists do with an altar call and everything else. You may choose to do that. But a lot of people in the pagan and heathen communities, they were raised Christian of some stripe, but that's not what they want when when their funeral comes. So again, write it down. Yep. Yep. And get your friends to sign off on it and say, yeah, I'll help you do that. I will, I will, I will. Yeah. And, you know, our friend Brittany uh, has made me aware, more aware, I should say, of the the niche of death doula. Oh, death it is doula. such such beautiful, good work. My friend Angie Buchanan is actually coming into town, into Asheville. Well, I mean, technically, she's coming into Black Mountain in April. Mm-hmm. Um, to do a whole weekend's worth of uh, certify, I think certifying classes to be a death doula. Is is she the one doing the certifying, or is she taking? Yeah, I class? think she. Yeah, she's a certified death doula. I think I, know, that I, will, I saw something about that not too yep. long ago, and I remember thinking then, "Wow, that's so necessary." Um, and I will. Uh, I'll send you that to add that link. Yeah, um, thank she's you. very good. I bet she is. Yeah, I bet she is. Oh, well, yeah. I've always called it. I mean, now they call it death doula. I've always called it midwifing. Midwifing death. I was thinking that but, in my mind. But either yeah. either way makes sense. Death yeah. doula has that lovely DD alliteration. So yes. I guess that's the reason it's stuck. I guess. Who knows? But yeah, it takes a particular person to be able to do that. But it's such good work. Such important it work. Is. Well, I, let me ask you a question. Do you have a certain song that you want to have played at your at your service? <laughs> that that changes often, <laughs> uh, but I am guilty of I've sketched out some things I want at my service, but I haven't written it all down. So I don't know. I, I've said this before. Maybe we need to have like a a big online Zoom sort of event where we all do that. Let's do it. Because then, you know, ideas will come sparking off and you go, oh, yeah, no, I want that, too. I want that. that is, that's a great idea. That'd Let's be fun. It. We could all, all have right. a, you know, a little drink or something that we want to drink and just <laughs> go at it. That'd be great. And then when we're done, the next done. day when we wake up, we can we can look and see what what our wishes were. You right. know? Did I really want swans to come down the center aisle of the church? What was I thinking? (laughs) Should I go ahead and buy that bubble machine now so they could have it ready? (laughs) Yeah. Well, I want a big reception afterwards, and I want it to have a sausage gravy fountain. (laughs) Have you seen those? Oh, my gosh. No, I haven't. Here, have biscuits and gravy. Biscuits and gravy on the house. Yeah, well, I may change mine before it's over, but right oh. now I, I basically want the equivalent of a campfire. 
you know yeah. i just want yeah. want some fire involved and i want some guitars there and some some voices and some cat some big rocks to sit on if they forgot their chairs you know and and you know what anybody can have as many memorial services as they want yeah. So if your friend does not get a memorial service, you can have a memorial service even if her ashes are not there. It doesn't matter. I, I am going to have a memorial service for this spring. Good for and you. The question is, is it going to be at, at the lake, at the picnic area there, or up on the mountain in Black Mountain? So, yeah, for sure, that's going to happen yeah. without a doubt. And I don't, I don't need permission to memorialize her. Matter of oh, fact, I'd no. love it if all of y'all, anybody interested, can come out and say their respects and say hello to her for the first time. She was that kind of person. She loved everybody. That's She used to throw people off because they'd meet her one time and she'd start saying, I love you, pumpkin. I love you, honey. <laughs> you know. So that's just the kind of person that she was. But yeah, definitely going to do that. And we'll have some music and all of that. Some poetry, so, probably. Maybe. Stories. All that stuff. She was a clogger at one time. Oh, my goodness. She, she used to have a clogging team in Asheville. And they would competitive clog. She I, she was the, the coach at that point. For the I team. do love me some clogging. Do you? Do you know how to clog? Oh my gosh! Yes. And um, do you bug dance? Of, what? You ever bug dance along yes. with the body? Okay. I don't think I don't think my feet could stand up for either one of them now, but yes. <laughs> yeah. In fact, a friend of mine was having her fiftieth birthday party, and I think I was probably in my thirties or early forties then, and wow. she was having it down at Bill Stanley's downtown. Oh, I love that and, place. And it was a country western theme. So we all had our cowboy hats and jeans on and stuff. <laughs> and uh and then they they commenced to uh to clogging and the and the caller said something about uh get up here with your uh tap shoes on because we're gonna buck it up. <laughs> and we all got up there and started clogging and my friend came <laughs> over to me because she was not clogging and she said how in the world do you know how to clog? And I said, girl, I was raised in Inca Candler, North Carolina. Everybody That's there right. knows how to clog. I, I drove, drove through your neighborhood the other day, and I was thinking, that's where my friends is from. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't look that bad. It's not that rough. Nope, nope. Uh, yeah, it's rough. It's <laughs> yeah, still, no, it it's really still is. pretty rough. <laughs> yeah, it, it, it's all rough now. Um, <clears throat> In well, a friend of mine, uh, was, she lives up on, well, near what we called Benson Holler. Okay. And they were some of the last people to get potable water in that water disaster oh, we just had. Um, <laughs> and I said, something about, well, you ain't got enough million dollar homes up there. Or they'd have fixed it by now. You need more people from Florida with big old million dollar homes. You're not kidding. Big You're old not. condominiums. Yeah, and then, you some damn water. That's right. You'd hear phrases like standard of living, things yeah. like quality housing, you know, oh, stuff you've never know. heard before, probably. And but you know what? It all comes at a price. All of that comes at a price. You yeah, know? and I know who's paying that price, and it ain't the people who's benefiting from it. Yeah. Well, and it's not. Some of it is not even a money price. It's a price no. of giving up your giving up You're your exactly area. Right. Yeah, I, I used to have. 
I used to have big feelings about that subject matter. And I, I had a, a potential client one time who came in and he wanted to, uh, he wanted a website and it was going to be a, you know, medium price website, not cheap. And he came in and he started griping at me. He was casual about it. He thought he was just making conversation. I was so offended that I dropped him as a client. Uh, but because he he was talking about, well, in Miami, we do this. And then in Florida, we do that. And, and I would not put up with this from a, and he was griping because he had called to get a quote on somebody building a deck on the side of his house. And he ended up telling me about it, how he didn't like the quote process down here and the good old boy vibe. And he said a couple of derogatory comments. And then he was like, you know, this this was wrong with the roads and this was wrong with the the speed speed limits and stuff like that and i remember saying well why did you move here yeah if, you know why did you move here if everything is wrong so and and yeah i refuse to do business with him good for you <laughs> yeah, i don't good. know i don't know if i'm proud of that or not but but it happened so whatever <laughs> You would have you would have kicked his butt out. You would have been like, "Okay, see ya." Wouldn't want to be ya, and that would have been it for him. Well, I've I've done that more than once. Yeah, sadly. I'm sure. I'm I, sure. I've not made I've not made friends with my attitude about mil, million dollar homes. Yeah. yeah, replacing grandma's house that somebody could have afforded, but now nobody can. Yeah, it's it's I haven't hard been to shy about that. But yeah, I mean that. That water stuff was a mess, just it a big was. mess. It was. I'll put a link there in case. I think I already put one link there a couple of weeks ago when we were talking about it, but I'll put another one up there. So uh, we got, let's do some cleanup here. First thing I promised was various links. And then the other yes. thing you and I were talking about was having a having a death party, having a hosting my own death party or whatever. Or I'll Come to my, my funeral. Way. Yeah, how about I'll die my way funeral? Well, it'd be nice if we could choose to die our way, but I'm, celebrate my life the way yeah, I want you to. Like that. But now, I, I will say, I'm going to say it real quick. When people come to me and they want me to do a, a memorial and they go, now, I know that she would not want people crying. She would, And I just tell them flat out, it is important that we all cry. It is. Yeah. And not just put a sweet face on it. Oh, she was, I loved her blood. Is for all of us together to have public corporate grief. It's a. It's really a, an important part of the grieving process and the healing process. It is. I agree with you. I heard your knitting needles just then. Is that what I heard? <laughs> Y'all, I'm knitting, I'm knitting yet another green scarf. Two well, shades of green. So last week I kept. Uh, or I think it was last week. It might have been the week yeah. before. I kept hearing the little click, click, click. And I thought, well, is Mrs. Ghosty back? The one that got us. Oh, right. Well, I, I, I got my it. plastic ones out this week instead of the big wooden ones. Because uh -huh. I thought they would make less noise, but I guess not. No, it's fine. It's just, you know, I've got that weird ear. But Well, and... and and our folks know they ain't neither one of us sitting here doing nothing while we talk. <laughs> that ain't how we work. No, no, I'm I'm painting an oil portrait right now as we knock shit. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, yeah. 
Well, you know, thank you for getting me in a better mood. I feel well, I feel distinctly better than I did. Good. I am glad. Yeah. So hopefully you got, when we you have got a lot party. of work to do. You got a lot mm-hmm. of work to do with the healing and the grief and just the details. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, and I want to give a shout out to our friend Lisa who is doing the same walk walking that same path. Oh, I'm so sorry. that same row with her mama. So I'm so and, sorry about it. And uh, I'm I'm just going to spill the beans. And if you want to crow it out, you can. But today is Miss Alicia's mama's birthday. So let's oh. say happy birthday to her. Big old happy birthday yeah. to you. Because I'm so glad she's here. Just keeping us all on the straight and narrow. Oh, yeah. I just I ordered her some uh, magic mics to be delivered. That's what she calls <laughs> Jersey mics. She and she she always calls it magic mics. She can't remember Jersey mics. So well, maybe I, she would like to ha- maybe she would like to have that sandwich delivered by a male stripper. <laughs> I'm just saying it's her birthday. <laughs> well, probably back when she wasn't blind, it would have been more fun. Although, you know, maybe she can. Well, never mind. My brain can't do that. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> so whatever you do do not send a male stripper to alicia's mama's house because she can't see it well enough yeah. to enjoy it yeah it'll just be wasted money is the thing make, make sure he at least smells good so yeah. so she can at least go oh he brought me the sandwich and he smelled so nice too she likes old spice i'm sure so. <laughs> <laughs> I, I i wore old spice when i was in college i wore my grandfather's old spice it was uh it was during Annie Hall days. Oh. And I would sometimes wear a white dress shirt mm-hmm. with a big uh, with a big old necktie and old spice. Oh did you it. wear a hat? Yep, sometimes. <laughs> I love that look. I don't think I did that look because of the tie part, but I did like that look very much. I wore saddle shoes with dress dress pants. Oh nice. Oh yeah, I thought nice. that was snazzy. Anyway, well, I guess I should let you go. I know well, you're busy. Well, I reckon I need to make supper. Are you going to make some supper? I am going to make some supper. Well, I don't know if I am or not. Never mind. Who knows? That remains to be seen. So it depends well, on appetites. And I know or- this is the Appalachian goodbye, but I was out uh, towards your favorite place to dine today. And mm. it said J&S Fresh Food. Or something like that. And I thought, really? oh, boy, is that a place where I could actually get some produce? And then I went, oh, no. It's just J&S Cafeteria has rebranded. Really? That's interesting. Yeah. They have I a have... brand new sign. <laughs> and it's J&S. I think it's Fresh Food. Something like that. Interesting. But, well, it'll be went, the first oh, time oh, in 30 oh. years that they've changed oh, anything. <laughs> I do love a cafeteria, though. Since I, I got too. teeth again, I'm going to go to one. Well, call me. Call me. Oh, okay. I'll tell you, we'll go to the madness sometime and I'll take you. No, we will not. We won't. Oh, that's right. You said that's right. Never mind. I mean, I don't mind it, but there ain't nothing to it as far as I can tell. Well, no. You know what? I'm going to take you to Umi's in Hendersonville and get you some real sushi. We have been to Umi's and it was very good. When you say we, me and you? You and I did that. Yes, (laughs) ma'am. Wow. You remember we went thrift shopping? Oh, yes, that, I do. Down okay, that one road. And that was Umi's that we went. We had lunch at, wasn't it? 
I, I, if it was the best sushi you've ever tasted, then yes. <laughs> well, it was, it was good sushi. I don't know if it, I can't judge if it was yeah. the best. It was good. I do love good sushi. Well, Me too. Um, we will have to. And then next week, I, I'm just determined I'm not going to any memorial services. And nothing. Everything is going to be fine. You ain't going <laughs> to deal with no death if you can help it. Well, I'm always, you know, it's around. I know. So, what did you say last week? It just sits by me all the time. Well, yeah. <laughs> like you're, turning, you're turning into a grandma right before our eyes. A grandma? <laughs> yeah. Well, death <laughs> just sits by me, honey, all the time. Would you oh, hand me my snuff? Yes. <laughs> Back oh. in my day. <laughs> I know. I, I keep thinking we are done. And then I remember something else I was going to say. Get up today. I bought a chamber pot with a lid. No, you didn't. I did. I went to a thrift store and I saw it. And, you know, the telltale thing is a, a soup tureen has two handles, oh. but a chamber pot only has one. So I turned it over to see what they had labeled it as at the thrift store, just so I could have a laugh. And by golly, it was half price. And I got it for a very good price. And I bought myself a chamber pot. Oh. Well, and okay. now if you don't have enough, you know, bowls for your soup, you can. <laughs> well, I'm thinking it would be really funny to use it as a soup tureen because I don't think it's ever been used as a chamber pot. It looks too shiny and new. That would but, be hilarious. Yeah, that'd be pretty funny. That'd be hilarious. I, I, you need to do that. No kidding. At my funeral, I want some soup served in a chamber pot. <laughs> and I oh, want it to be beefy soup with chunks in it. That'd be good. It, and do we bring bring the toilet with the pansies coming out of it and set it over uh, to the soon. side? And you know what? I We replaced the toilet at this house, the one in the basement. Yeah. I'm going to take that out there, and I'll have me two toilets, one for either oh. side of the door. Oh, my goodness. my petunias. <laughs> yes, ma'am. Weird mountain lookout. More I tulip. can't wait. And I'm so excited about spring out there. I am. Me too. Me too. Yeah. Yeah. Well, thank you for hanging out. I know you're busy because you've got all this stuff going on. And so I really appreciate you accommodating my schedule. Well, thank mostly, you. you know, I got teeth stuff going on and then I'm having my lovely colonoscopy on the 1st of February. So I'm just catching up on a bunch of Yay. physical ailment related stuff yeah. that needs to get done. And, and, and write a book, of course. And, and bulk prep. Yes, we were supposed to talk about that today. So next week we'll talk about animals. Hey, thank you for spending your time with us here at Weird Mountain Gals. We sure do appreciate it. You know, I know time is the most important thing we have. So I promise that if you take your time to listen to us, we'll take our time to continue to be weird. Thanks to Sunslice Records for all the help. We couldn't do it without you, Craig. Check out our social media for information, community, or a few laughs. WYRD Mountain Gals.